Welcome to the podcast of the Vine Church in Fullerton, California. For more information, visit thevineoc.com. I want to share just a few brief practical announcements. And first off, if you're new with this, my name is Michael and I'm the lead pastor here. And we just want to welcome you to church. We are so glad that you could join us wherever you are. Ansley and I and the whole team, we want you to know that we love you, that we're praying for you, um, that we're with you in this time. I know many new people tuned in last week and we're praying for you as well. And uh, these are hard times, but truly it is in times like these that the church truly shines and that we get to be the people who God has called us to be. Just a few practical uh, announcements uh, before we get to the message. And I know that many people are asking right now, what can I do? What can I do in this time? And so I want to share three simple things. And the first is to simply to stay at home. Last week, Governor Newsom asked all Californians to stay at home until further notice. And the reason is because this is the best thing that we can do in this time to help stop the spread of this virus. And, and, and there are exemptions, of course, if you need to get groceries, if you need to go to the pharmacy, uh, if you need medical care, or if your work is in an essential uh, sector uh, for, the, for the welfare of the economy and, and for the nation. But other than that, we are being asked to stay at home in this time. And I just want to say, as followers of Jesus, we should be the first people in line to be willing to sacrifice for the sake of others. So the first thing is, is to simply to stay at home. But the second thing we're really inviting you to do in this time, and that is to stay connected, to stay connected. This is a time when it is more important than ever that we stay connected. What we're facing is far too great for us to be able to face it alone. So we're inviting you to connect in three simple ways. And first off, since the environment we're in is so fluid and ever-changing, we're invited to sign up for our email newsletter if you haven't already. And by the way, if you have some of you, it might end up in your spam box. You might need to check that and add us as a safe sender. But if you would like to receive up-to-date information of what's happening in our community, if you simply go to our website, thevineoc.com, and you just scroll down just a little bit, there's a little box that says sign up for updates, Input your email address and click submit and you'll be added to our email uh, updates. Second, we encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube uh, page and also to our social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook and that's another way that you can stay up to date with what's happening in our community. But the, but the next thing is to, uh, and this is really the, the biggest, one of the biggest announcements, and that is that we are launching online small groups. We are just so excited about that. And I wanna say thank you to Dennis and Carrie Cruz who are at home for helping really pioneer that. But we are launching online small groups. As I once heard a doctor say on TV, I think it was last week, that social distancing doesn't mean, doesn't have to mean isolation. And so in this time, we're really inviting you to, to really join uh, these groups so that we can stay connected as the body of Christ. And, and so if you'd like to sign up, if you again, go to our website, thevineoc.com, scroll down. There's a, there's a, there's a picture and a, and, a, and a thing for online small groups. Click that, fill out information. We would love to be in touch with you and we'll give you all the information you need. Now, some of you are thinking, hey, sounds great, but I'm not tech savvy. Well, good news, we have tech hosts who will be helping you with everything. And so uh, I just invite everyone to join us for these online small groups. But this is such an important opportunity for us in this time. And by the way, uh, just because the, these groups are not up and running yet, uh, one of the things that our pastoral team did is we divide up our list of regular attenders. 
that we had contact uh, info for, and we divided that up between some of our core leaders. And so we've been calling and emailing people in our church because we want everyone to know that we're with you, that we care. If you have anything going on, we're standing with you. Uh, we want to help any way we can. So if we don't have your contact info, however, we can't uh, reach out. And so uh, if you want to share your contact info, info with us, simply send an email to hello at thevineoc.com. That's hello at thevineoc.com. But know that we are here with you uh, during this time. We're here for you, and, and we love you all so much. So first thing, stay at home. Second thing, stay connected. And then the last thing, just practically for us, is to stay on mission. To stay on mission. Three things with this briefly. So first of all, pray. One of the most important things that we can do in this time is actually to pray. Jesus taught us to pray that, that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're inviting you to pray, to really press into prayer in this time, to pray that God would push back this virus, that he would bring healing for all those who are infected, that a vaccine would be discovered uh, for blessing and, and protection for those who are on the front lines for wisdom, for our governmental leaders, for, for people to be drawn to Christ in this time and for the church of Jesus Christ to really shine its light in this time. So the, so the first thing is to pray. Second is to look for opportunities, just, just wherever you are. And, and so you might just ask who in my neighborhood or my sphere of influence is vulnerable at this time? It could be someone who's elderly. It could be someone who's immune compromised. It could be someone who maybe they're a front lines worker and they're just exhausted and they could use help. Maybe they need someone to get groceries for them. So what is one thing that you can do, one practical thing that you can do this week to be of help? That is, that is a wonderful question to ask. And of course, that starts with each of us individually, but we're also asking that question as a church. And we'll be keeping you posted on what emerges through all this. Uh, so the first thing, uh, or rather the second thing is to look for opportunities. The next, uh, by the way, I just wanted to mention that our homeless ministry uh, has continued and we yesterday we served 84 meals in two hours, which is a record for us. Uh, we're not sure if uh, our landlords will uh, allow us to continue that. We did everything we could to social distance and be as safe as possible, but we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but the final way to be on mission is to be a blessing and to continue giving. Obviously, we're not able to uh, practice the offering as the way we would do on a Sunday morning normally. And so we're asking everyone who's a part of this church that you would give and you transition your giving to online giving. And it's very simple. Again, you simply go pretty much anything. This is one-stop shop, folks. Thevineoc.com. Scroll down to the bottom. Click the Give button. And there will be listed all the various online giving options. We can still receive checks at our P.O. box. But, of course, uh, we're not able to make it in there as often these days. And so that's just an encouragement to transition you're giving online. That is so important to continue this ministry, not only so we can care for our church, but that we can continue this mission in the city. So stay at home, stay connected, and stay on mission. And with that said, I invite you into a time of giving a, a digital offering, if you will. So let me pray for us. So Father, we thank you for your generosity in our lives. And, and we thank you that your kingdom work has not stopped in this time that it continues forward, God. And so we pray that you bless these tithes and offerings and that you would use them to have a disproportionate kingdom impact for the glory of your name. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Our teaching text this morning is from the gospel according to Matthew, the eighth chapter, starting in verse 18. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake 
He then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray that through it, you would speak to us now. Holy Spirit, we invite you just to come and minister to each person listening online, watching online. God, would you give us open ears to hear your voice? And would you give us open hearts to respond? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to the the gospel of of Matthew, the eighth chapter, to the passage we just read. And there's almost no one in the room, but I might look around the room. Just imagine your smiling faces looking at me, uh, just so I'm not looking at the camera the whole time. But I want to share with you today a word of comfort, a word of encouragement, because I believe this is something we need, we all need in this time, because we find ourselves in the midst of a storm. A really big storm, one that's engulfed the nations, one that has engulfed the world. And of course, I'm referring to the storm known as coronavirus or COVID-19. And it has caused fear and worry and panic. Uh, You've probably seen in person or at the very least on TV, images of people at the grocery stores panic buying, just just panicked and and frenzied. Uh, My family does work in agriculture. We we manufacture animal feed. And and actually what we found is that people are even panic buying pig feed. Uh, No joke. Uh, So this transcends like every segment of life this feeling of fear and and panic that's just gripped and even paralyzed so many of us. Now, on the one hand, that is completely understandable because we've never faced anything like this in our lifetime. We've never had a crisis of this magnitude. Although we should be concerned about the storm, very concerned, fear and anxiety and worry are not things that will help your life. And these are not things that God wants to be a part of your life in this time, that he has a better way for you. So Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, verse 25. He said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? In other words, worry is not something that is going to help us in this time. It won't help us in this storm. And so I wanna speak to you today about finding peace in the storm. How can we find peace in this storm? And of course, this is something we, we, we desperately need. Last week, I read an article published in a, a publication called The Week, and perhaps you'll identify with this. The author, David Ferris, he says this. He says, if you're like me, you've spent the past week alternating between voraciously gobbling up every available piece of news about efforts to contain the spread of the virus and descending into sudden and difficult to control bouts of panic, dread, and despair, all while trying to figure out how to care for a one-year-old while working remotely full-time. He goes on to say, we are just one week into this nightmare, and I can only speak for myself, he says, but let's just say that strategic reserves of resilience, patience, and hope are already being strained. So friends, what we need to learn right now 
is how to find peace in the storm. And to help us, we're going to look at a moment in the life of Jesus' disciples when they found themselves in the midst of a storm, a huge storm. And we're going to learn from this story how we can find peace in the storm. So let's take a look at this story. Again, we're in Matthew chapter 8. And this story is recorded in all three uh, actually, the first three uh, of the Gospels, what are called the Synoptic Gospels, uh, about the life of Jesus. And what that tells us is that this is a significant story. But their story begins much like ours. It just begins on an ordinary day. An ordinary day, they've been out ministering to people. Jesus has been healing people. He's been delivering people of uh, demonic oppression. Now, that might not be an ordinary day for you, but that, that was an ordinary day for them. And they were just ministering. It had been a busy day. Um, and, 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 and it just, again, an, an ordinary day, but in part to take a breather and in part to, to get to the other side of this lake so Jesus could continue his ministry. In verse 18, we read this. It says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, again, he's kind of getting tired at this point, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Fast forward to verse 23. It says, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Now, again, for all they knew, this was just going to be an ordinary day. They'd go to the other side of the lake, they'd do more ministry, and so on. So it was just sort of an ordinary boat ride across the lake until it wasn't, until a storm came. Perhaps some of you can relate. Perhaps a week or two ago, you thought it was just an ordinary day at work until it wasn't. Perhaps you just thought it was an ordinary night out with friends until it wasn't. My cousin, Max Anderson, who publishes something called The Weekend Reader, he writes this. He says, it will be an evening I remember for a long time. My wife and I and several good friends were out for a night of theater watching the absolutely brilliant and hilarious improvised Shakespeare company. When the show was over, we pulled out our phones and in two hours, the world had changed. The NBA had canceled all games. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson announced they had coronavirus. Things had gotten real, real quick. So just as things have changed very quickly in our lives, something catastrophic happens in the life of these disciples, something that they didn't expect. And so in verse 24, we read this. It says, suddenly, now note that, suddenly a furious storm came up upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. So two things to note about the storm. So first of all, it was, it was sudden. In other words, it came upon them quickly. They weren't expecting it. Second, it was big. This was a huge storm. It describes it here as, as a furious storm. And the combination, both of the suddenness of the storm and the magnitude of the storm combines and it threatens to overwhelm the disciples in this moment. And, and, and perhaps that's where you are today. Perhaps you're just feeling overwhelmed with the headlines, with the unknown, with the uncertainty. But I just want you to know, wherever you are, that you are not alone, that we're standing with you in this, we're praying for you, and we will get through this together, just as the disciples did. But before moving on, I, I want to point out that this was a, a real storm. And you have to know that these guys were actually, they were professional fishermen. Uh, and, and so they knew the difference between bad weather and a storm. And they knew that this was a storm and, 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 and they were just fearing for their lives. And I just want to say that likewise in our situation, this is a real storm. This isn't hype. This is a, a very real storm. And so the question is, how can we find peace in 
this storm? How can we find peace? Well, first, let's take a look at how the disciples were impacted by this storm. And we've seen that they were filled with fear, that they were terrified. But in addition, we also see that this impacted their faith. But actually, here's an interesting question. Did the storm impact their faith or did it simply reveal their faith? Think about that. Did it, did it impact? Because sometimes we say, you know, in the midst of a storm, my, my faith is being rocked right now. And I think a question we have to ask ourselves, is my faith being rocked right now or is it simply being revealed right now? That is a really important question. But back to the story, the disciples are in the boat. They're, they're crossing the lake. The storm comes out of nowhere. Again, it's a huge storm threatens to sink the boat. They're, they're freaking out. But then we read something surprising, verse 24, but Jesus was sleeping. We'll come back to that. Amazing line. Verse 25, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And in Mark's telling of the story, the disciples say, don't you care if we drown? And one of the things we see here that can happen in the midst of the storm is that we can begin to question God. And in this moment, it's not just that they're questioning his actions, they're actually questioning his character. Now, you're, you're probably not, most of us probably aren't there right now because this storm, at least in our nation, is in the early stages. And I pray this isn't the case, but you just have to know that this is probably going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And I think we need to know that. We need to be prepared for that. We shouldn't worry about that, but we should be mindful of that. So when that time comes... You may find yourself in those moments tempted to question to God. And so I want to share with you something that I I once heard Dallas Willard share uh, in a moment when I went through a deep, dark depression, uh, tremendous suffering. He, He said something that changed my life, and it is this, and I want to share this with you. He said, never believe anything bad about God. Never believe anything bad about God. That is such great advice You see, in this moment, the disciples were tempted to think Jesus was aloof, to think that he didn't care, or maybe to think that he even didn't have the power to do anything about it. But you see, that is the exact opposite of the truth. He loved them. He was fully aware. He was completely concerned. He loved them just as he loves you and me. He is with us in this. Now, before moving on, I want to ask, how is it, this is is kind of wild, how is it that Jesus was able to rest in the midst of a storm. I mean, wow, how is that even possible? Well, as, as, uh, as we, we, we've seen that he was exhausted, he had a long day of ministry, so he was exhausted, so he was tired, but, but I mean, even if you're really tired, I don't think there are many people on planet Earth who would be able to sleep, who would be able to rest in the midst of a storm like that. So how is that even possible for Jesus? Well, here's how. He had complete trust in his heavenly Father. He had complete trust in his heavenly father. Therefore, he was able to take a nap in the midst of a storm. Think about that. How filled with peace would you have to be in order to rest in the middle of a storm? Uh, It actually makes perfect sense though, because if you believe what Jesus taught, think about this. What did he teach? Matthew 10, verses 29 through 31. He said this, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth far more than many sparrows. Dallas Willard used to ask, how many sparrows do you think you're worth? (laughs) You see, you're worth more than many sparrows. And Jesus actually wants you to be able to experience rest for your soul in the midst of this storm. 
not just after the storm, but actually in the midst of the storm. And that's actually possible. How? Psalm 23, one of my favorite scriptures, says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. You see, it's the presence of God in our lives, the presence of Jesus that makes all the difference in the world. And, and you have to understand that the Christian understanding of God is he's not just some cosmic force out there somewhere. Actually, no, the Christian understanding of God, God is a personal being. He is a wonderful, he is a loving, he is a kind, personal being. He wants to be with you in this storm. And you see, just the universe in some vague sense can't be with you, can't comfort you, can't lead you, can't sustain you in this storm. But Jesus Christ can. He is the good shepherd and he wants to be with you in this storm. And he wants you to know his rest in this in Matthew 11, Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So just as Jesus was able to rest in the middle of the storm, he invites us to come to him so that we can experience rest in the midst of this storm. Now, as we've seen the disciples, their faith, it's sort of wobbling in this time that they're kind of assuming, making some hasty assumptions about Jesus. Uh, but there's something they, they really get right. There's something they do that is just so right on. What is it? And this is perhaps the most important thing I will say all morning. And this this. They come to Jesus in the storm. They come to Jesus in the midst of the storm. They run to Jesus in the midst of the storm. Verse 25 says this, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. You see, the best thing you can do in the storm is to run to Jesus, to run, don't walk. And I just, I just wanna say, that I, I believe that the days of, of business as usual in American Christianity are over. The days of dabbling with Jesus are over. That will not work in this storm. And so you need to run to Jesus. You need to come to him. You need to seek him in this time. Uh, this past week, our pastoral team met. We, we spent, uh, we, we now do our meetings on Zoom, an online meeting platform, which we'll use for our small groups, by the way. Um, and it's amazing how well it works, actually. And so we, we had an online meeting and uh, we spent uh, 30 minutes just in silence before God, just listening to him in prayer. And it was so amazing because we all heard the, the very same thing. When we heard from the Lord, as we were listening for ourselves, as we were listening to God on behalf of our church, was just this emphatic call for us to come to him and seek him in this time. Things like, come to me. We heard words and I took notes, but things like, seek me with your whole heart. Now is the time, not tomorrow, not yesterday, now. At one point, I felt like I heard the Lord say, seek my face. And so I'm like, here I am, God, I'm seeking you. And then I felt like I heard, get on your face. And so I did. So uh, Dennis and Carrie probably wondered where I went. And so I kind of dropped on the ground, laid prostrate before the Lord. And uh, that's just, just, you know, that's just a posture of, of humility before God's a posture of submission before God, of desperate seeking. And, and as I laid before the Lord, I felt like I heard him say, this is where you're going to meet with me. Seek my face. And then I really believe I heard him say, manna in the wilderness, it came daily. You need to seek me daily. Do this and you will live. It is not by might or by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Seek me and I will give you what you need. Now, usually when I get a word from the Lord, I just sneak it into the message. I don't tell you. <laughs> I'm 
but I really just felt like I, I wanted to lay that before you today. This is the number one thing that you can do if you want to know peace in, the, in this storm, that is to seek God, to come to him, to seek him with all that you are. And I was actually blown away this past week. I was reading the Wall Street Journal, so secular publication, and, and you wouldn't believe it, the author of this article I was reading, and she was addressing the question of, you know, what do you do in these difficult times? And you know what she said? Secular publication, trust in God first and always. Talk to him. And friends, by the way, if that doesn't indicate a shift, a spiritual shift in our nation right now, I don't know what does. Things are, things are happening. There's tremendous challenges, but there's also opportunities spiritually. But I just want you to listen to that word. Again, from a secular publication, trust in God first and always. Talk to him. So, so amazing. Now, if you're listening, if you're with us online and you're not a praying person, you might not know where to begin. This is really the time to figure that out. And we want to help you and resource you any way we can. The small groups we're going to be having online, that's a way you can learn in community. But I also preached a sermon a month or two ago called Discipleship Essentials, How to Pray. And that's on our website on the messages tab, or you can go to our podcast on Apple, uh, iTunes, or Google Play, or whatever it's called. And uh, so that's an invitation. If you want to learn how to pray, we also have another sermon I preached on how to read the Bible. And so we want to equip you. We want to resource you so that you can seek God, that you can come to him in this time. So important, so important. So the most important thing the disciples did in this storm, excuse me, is that they came to Jesus in the midst of the storm. That's our invitation as well. Now, before moving on, I, I just want to underscore that Jesus was, he was in the boat with the disciples. And likewise, he is with you and me in this time. No matter what you're going through, he will go through it with you. You will never be alone. Now, you might not always feel it, but God is not a feeling. He's a person. And you just have to know that he is with you. He says, never will I leave you nor forsake you. That is his promise. I want to remind you of another great promise. This is from Isaiah chapter 43. It says, when you go through deep waters, and that's what we're going through right now, friends. We are going through deep waters in our nation, in this world. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned up. It will not consume you. So friends, let us fix our mind on Jesus and on the promises he has given us, that he is with us in this time. And, and, and maybe that might mean some of us might need to read a few less articles online, maybe watch a few less news show, maybe spend a bit more time in prayer, a bit more time in the word, seeking God's face. And as we do that, that'll give us confidence, that will give us a sense of stability, that will replace panic with prayer, it will replace worship, or excuse me, worry with worship, it will replace your anxiety with adoration. So the storm hits, the disciples panic, uh, and they come to Jesus in the midst of the storm, best thing they ever could have done. Now Jesus wakes up and he does two things that are just amazing. And I want to start by looking at what he does to address the storm. Verse 26, second part. It says, then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. Isn't that amazing? With a word, Jesus calms the storm. He speaks to a hurricane and it immediately ceases. And by the way, notice it says it was completely calm. So this wasn't a fluke of like, well, the wind died down. No, it was both the wind and the waves immediately calm. That is what we call a miracle. That is what we call power. That is what we call authority. And, and what does that remind you of? Well, for me, that reminds me of the first chapter of Genesis, the opening of the Bible, the creation account, when with a word God spoke, let there be light, and there was. And, and, and I think that's an echo in the background. 
But what this shows us is the incomparable power of Jesus. And another way of seeing this is to, is to consider that all the ancient cultures actually agreed that the sea was uncontrollable by anyone but God. The sea was the ultimate symbol in ancient cultures of uncontrollable destruction. The ocean was seen as having uncontrollable power uh, and, and only God could control it. Yet, yet here's Jesus exercising this power that only God can exercise. Total consensus, only God has, has this power. And here's Jesus, he's exercising this kind of power and authority. And notice, Jesus isn't calling on a higher power. He's not saying, in the name of so-and-so, be still. No, in his very own authority, he just says a word. He rebukes the wind and the waves, the storm, and the storm immediately completely calm. And what this tells us is that Jesus is God, that Jesus is God in the flesh. And that is such good news because we need someone with some power in this time. We need someone who could actually do something. And thankfully, Jesus is someone who has all power and authority. And I just want to tell you, if he can calm this storm, he can calm your storm. If he can calm that storm in the boat, he can calm the storm in your heart right now. And he wants to meet you today. Now, Jesus never promised that we wouldn't face storms. And actually, he told us that we would go through storms. He said, in, you li- in this life, you will face trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world, he says. But he promises that as we go through those storms, that we can have peace in him. John chapter 14 Verse 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. There was a day last week when I I, I kind of, (laughs) uh, I I started my day, big mistake, started my day by looking at headlines. And so, you know, start, you know, checking the news, you know, read an article that read to, led to another article and led to another article and another article. And And all of a sudden I was like falling down like this coronavirus news rabbit hole. And I had some meetings, maybe you can relate. I had some meetings that day and I had like a million things to do. So I just ended up rushing off with my day, but I was feeling like this stress and and, and this anxiety. And at some point it's almost like there's a knot in my stomach and I just knew I needed to get into the presence of God. And and so eventually I I, I did. and, And I just, I turned on some worship music I shut the door in my office. I turned on some worship music and, and I prayed. And I, would, I just resolved that I was going to keep doing that until the storm in my heart was calm and was stilled. And so I just, I can't remember how long it took. <laughs> but I have to tell you is that through that time, Jesus calmed my storm. And he wants to do that for you. But to experience that, the invitation is to come to him. And as, as I, I talked about a moment ago, not just uh, here and there, but actually to keep coming to him daily. We need to press into Jesus more than ever in this time. Now, not only did Jesus calm the storm, but he actually asked the disciples a probing question. Verse 26, he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid. In other words, he's like, you guys know who I am. You know, I'm with you. You know, I love you. You know, I'm not going to let this all drown in this boat. So why are you so afraid? Well, for us today, I, I believe Jesus would ask us the same question. Why are we so afraid? Now, is this a big storm we're facing? You better believe it. This is a big storm. But is Jesus still Lord over all? You better believe it. So we can trust him even in the storm. And I just want to say that in the days and weeks ahead, our, our world is going to be in desperate need of followers of Jesus who are filled with the peace of Jesus Christ. People who can be a non-anxious presence in the world around us that is filled with fear and panic and anxiety and dread. 
this is a, just such an important part of our call. Not only that we receive this peace for ourselves, but then also that we can carry that to the world around us, even as we're social distancing, that we would be a non-anxious presence filled with the peace of Jesus Christ. That's part of our call in this time. And I just have such a strong sense that, that now is the time for the church to shine. Like this is our moment. So may we seek him in this time with all that we are. Ben, I'll just invite you to come back up. I just want to end today with a word of hope. Let me read to you again from verse 26. It says, Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? Completely calm. You see, one day, this storm that we're facing will be stilled. Things will be completely calm. And we don't know what everything is going to look like in the coming days and in weeks, but we don't have to be frightened by it because we know how the story ends. We read the, la- we read the last chapter of the book and we know that God is in control. And we know that God is not surprised by this, that God is bigger than this. And Romans eight twenty eight is still true. Now all things work together for good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Let's turn to him now in prayer. If you would like prayer for anything today, we have now an online prayer ministry team. If you go to our website, thevinoc.com, scroll down to the prayer button, click it, fill out the form. Our our online prayer ministers would love to pray for you. That's an invitation, but let's pray together. Father, I pray for every person watching this video feed or listening online, wherever they may be. Holy Spirit, would you come now and would you minister to them? Would you fill them, God? with the peace of Christ, that peace which surpasses all understanding, that peace which makes no sense based on circumstances, would you fill them, God? Would you guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus? I pray for hope for those who are filled with despair right now. Would you deliver them of that? Fill them with your hope, God. Fill them with your peace. And Lord, fill us as courage, with courage as your people in this time, God. To be lights for you in this time, God. Use us as your people. In Jesus' name.